And welcome to the Rush to Field. Jay Binkley with Julio Sanchez. We've been with you all season long. Well, guess what? The college football season is officially closed. I'm actually sad about this, Julio. I enjoyed the stretching out of the bowl games, even though they were stretched out entirely too thin. I enjoyed the college football playoffs. I enjoyed the national championship game between two heavyweights, LSU and Clemson. Two of the top picks in the draft the next two years in Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. LSU with the win, 42-25. to Joe Burrow, 31-49, 463 yards, five touchdowns. Oh, by the way, Joe Burrow, 58 yards rushing and a touchdown. Six combined touchdowns against Oklahoma. He threw for seven touchdowns, ran for another. Julio, in two playoff games, he has 14 touchdowns. We're seeing the greatest team in college football history. It's hard to argue that. They beat seven top ten teams. The preseason top four, they beat every single one of them. Their top seven, uh, ten wins, Texas, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, UGA, Oklahoma, Clemson, beat all those. The preseason top four was Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma. Boom, 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 boom. They beat all of them. They were six preseason. Joe Burrow, the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, had an iconic photo after the game. I'm not going to repeat what was on his hat, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. He had his legs crossed, he had a cigar in his mouth. It was an iconic photo that he didn't pose for. It reminded me of Lynn Dawson's Super Bowl one cigarette and fresco. You got that with Joe Burrow in the cigar when he was just sitting there. That's an iconic photo. We'll talk to Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, coming up at 8.15, and Nick Bromberg, Yahoo Sports College Football at 8.30. But Joe Burrow, nine records in Sporting News put these things out here. 8.93 winning percentage. He finishes his career with a 25-3 and record. Now, keep in mind, Trevor Lawrence, 25-1 and at Clemson. Could be, uh, could be done. 60 passing touchdowns this year broke the FBA record of 58 set by Colt Brennan of Hawaii. This is an SEC team that threw for 60 touchdowns. Responsible for 65 touchdowns set the FBS single-season record for combined scores. 463 yards in the title game is more than the 420, which is the previous record of Deshaun Watson. This guy is incredible. What he's done, the offense, he's led LSU, unbelievable. But I'm sorry, but the seven games against top 10 teams and you won, and you won the Heisman Trophy, 14 touchdowns in the playoffs, you, sir, Joe Burrow, have been a lot of fun to watch. Some of the highlights of that game, and it started off early. It was Clemson in the beginning. And I don't know if you watched the uh, title game, but Clemson making a strong start against LSU. I think they kind of surprised LSU. And you're kind of wondering how this game's going to go. Clemson gets on the board first, 7 to nothing, with a one-yard run by Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, a shotgun snap, keeps it himself, goes right side in the end zone. Touchdown, Trevor Lawrence. And Clemson, the early 6-0 lead. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, the Blitnikoff Trophy winner, tied it up. Burrow, play action. Throws deep down the near side, looking for Jamar Chase. Caught at the 15-yard line. He will waltz into the end zone. Touchdown, Tigers! 52-yard touchdown strike. A.J. Terrell was on coverage, but got beat by Jamar Chase. But at that point, 
Clemson was still just firing at LSU. Handoff, Dixon on the end around though. He'll flip it to D. Higgins. He's got blocking outside the numbers upside. 30, 25, 20, 15. Inside the 10, the 5. Yeah. Into the end zone. Did he step out of bounds? No. Touchdown. Higgins scores. And Clemson extends the lead to 16-7. And that touchdown by T. Higgins made it 17-7. All of a sudden, Clemson looked strong in this game. But it was Joe Burrow and LSU coming right back. Burrow by his lonesome in the backfield on third down and goal. Burrow design run, cuts to his left. He'll get to the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. And then it was just LSU and more and more LSU. Here's the snap. Offensive line holds the throw, looking for Chase. Caught right corner of the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. And the Tigers have their first lead of the ball game. They made it 21 to 17. Then it was Joe Burrow to Randy Moss's son. Thaddeus Moss making a 28-17. Snap called for. Belt high. Burrow has it. Late pressure comes. Throws right in the middle of the end zone. Wide open. Thad Moss. Touchdown, LSU. LSU, a machine. Joe Burrow finishes the scoring. Terrence Marshall Jr. makes it 42-25 in the fourth quarter. Snap back. Joe has it. Looks. Launches towards the end zone. Adjusting. Terrence Marshall goes up. Pulls it down. Touchdown, LSU. 24-yard touchdown pass. Add another to Joe Burrow. Give Terrace Marshall his first reception for a touchdown tonight. And Chris Blair's final call. Chris Blair will join us at 8-15. His final call, LSU, wins the game 42-25. Joe Burrow, again, the snap, the knee, and the Tigers of LSU. A team of destiny and a team for ages. Celebrate on the field here tonight in New Orleans inside the Superdome, capturing the national title and snapping a 29-game win streak for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Final horn sounds. It's in the books. Tigers win. They are the national champions with a win tonight over Clemson, 42-25. That was it. LSU national champions. They get the trophy. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tiger. Now, after the game, Dabo Sweeney, head coach at Clemson, who has nothing to be ashamed of. Matter of fact, you go back. 2014, Ohio State won the first uh, college football playoffs. 15, Bama over Clemson. So it's the first time Clemson was in. Then in 16, it was Clemson winning. 17, Bama. 18, Clemson. 19, LSU over Clemson. Clemson has been runners-up twice. They've been national champions twice. Twice. They are no slouch at what they're doing. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney's message for his team. Just be who we are. You know, it's really kind of the same message every week. You know, the magnitude of this game doesn't change that. Just be who we are, trust our preparation, and uh, have fun doing it. But LSU, Dabo, clearly the better team that night. I thought LSU played a beautiful game. I thought their quarterback was tremendous. Those receivers, they made some incredible plays that were really well covered, uh, several of them. They just made the play. And that's what you got to do to win these type of games. So you give them credit. I thought they played a heck of a game and deserved to win the game. Uh, they were, they were uh, definitely the better team tonight for sure. Coach Ogeron, the former interim coach, the man with Cajun blood, head coach of LSU. Nobody wanted him, but then he goes undefeated, wins the national championship. Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, feels happy for Coach O. I'm really happy for Coach O. I think he's a, uh, one of the good guys in the business and, and 
You know, I'm, I'm happy for him. I know what it's like to, to be in that situation, and you, you pour a lot into it. And, you know, certainly uh, no fun to be in this seat, but I do, uh, you know, just say congratulations to them and a uh, beautiful football team that earned it. It was quite clear what who Ed Orgeron won to win this game for. We love the state of Louisiana. I love this team. One team, one heartbeat. This coaching staff, everybody that bled the purple and gold, the great state of Louisiana. This is for everybody. One team, one heartbeat, baby. You talk about winning one for your state. Not only that, my voice kind of matches even since I've lost my voice. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Here's Coach O on winning the championship in their backyard, New Orleans, Louisiana. Not too far, about an hour away from Baton Rouge. Winning this in the Superdome, you know, talk about any of the added significance there. Do you think that kind of is more impactful? Because I of think that's really I think that when we saw that the national championship would be in the Superdome at the beginning of the year, we set out target on that, although we did not talk about it. And uh, we felt that once we come in the Superdome, we'd come out victorious. <laughs> Coach O was asked, is this one of the greatest college football teams of all time? I believe it is. Our focus has been one game at a time, one day at a time. And our guys did a tremendous job. Uh, now, I think, that, you know, uh, this team is going to be mentioned as one of the greatest teams in college football history, 15-0. One of the greatest teams in LSU history, so led by some of the greatest players. Uh, give them all the credit. But, you know, that's for you guys to decide. We're national champs. Uh, we're 15-0. Whether we mention it, one of the greatest teams or not, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, I think that we're going to get to work. We'll go to class on Wednesday. We'll start working on next year. Joe Burrow, the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner, asked what these last two years at LSU has meant. What do you think this season, these last two years at LSU will mean to you? It's going to mean the world. This is what I wanted to do from the time I was five years old, was host Coyce's Trophy. And bringing it back to Louisiana. I guess we're in Louisiana, but <laughs> staying in Louisiana, we weren't going to let someone come in here and steal this from us in our home state. We have a great, great fan base that came out and supported us. We're going to keep this thing right here. So LSU, the champions of the college football world. In local news, well, we actually talked about how Mike Leach was going to Mississippi State. Very excited about that. Bobby Petrino. Yes, Bobby Petrino is the new head coach, the former head coach for the Falcons in Arkansas. In Louisville twice is the new head football coach where? The 1 in 10 Missouri State Bears introduced his head coach. That's really what we talked about was, you know, tearing the rearview mirror off and looking ahead and, and moving ahead. No question that it's uh, the best football conference in, in that division. Um, so it's a great challenge that, I, that I'm looking forward to. Bobby Petrino's had a lot of success on the field. Now, off the field, it's been a different story. But Bobby Petrino can coach 119-56 record as a head football coach. He said, quote, I knew I wasn't going to stay retired. He's only 58. He said this today at his press conference. It was just a temporary retirement. So how about that, Missouri State alumni? You get Bobby Petrino. I think it's a pretty good hire for Missouri State, to be honest. That's a big name for being a Missouri State. And now he was the coach for Lamar Jackson for a couple of years. The guy does no offense, so it's interesting. For Missouri State, plays in the same conference as perennial power North Dakota State. Should be interesting. And one of their players who's leaving the program is coming back because Bobby Petrino is there. Imagine that. Coming up next, we'll talk to Chris Blair. He's the voice of the LSU Tigers. 
We'll get to the bottom, where we should rank this team in history. We'll talk to Chris Blair next. Welcome back to Mercy Field. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing. Don't forget, I said uh, Bobby Petrino, the new head coach of Missouri State. Two hours, 45 minutes south of here. That's a bit of a surprise, but anyway, I'm trying to get my voice together because I sound a little bit like Coach O. Now the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. Chris, I apologize my voice, but uh, I probably sound pretty familiar to you. Oh, well, I'll apologize for mine, too. I'm uh, suffering <laughs> from a little cold here over the last couple of days, but thankfully was able to get through uh, Monday night's title game. Oh. What a night it was for LSU. Are you kidding me? What a game that was. And Joe Burrow, you know, after the game, sitting there, and he wasn't a photo opportunity. He was just enjoying his cigar. You know, leg over his legs uh, crossed, cigar in mouth. It reminded me of Lynn Dawson in that historic photo of Super Bowl One. I. I don't know if you've seen it, but Lynn Dawson at halftime has the cigarette and a bottle of Fresca. That picture of Joe Burrow reminded me of Lynn Dawson. Yeah, there were several memes uh, late Monday, early Tuesday that had those pictures side by side. So they were a lot oh, of did people they? Uh, that drew that conclusion and that comparison. But, uh, hey, I mean, the guy deserved his victory cigar. There's no question about it. He, he rode off into the sunset as as good a quarterback, having as good a season as anybody in this game, and uh, probably set some records that are going to take a while to, to overcome. But um, kudos to Joe. I mean, he said that was the mission. He talked about it this summer, and uh, he and his teammates went out and made it happen. Yeah, they really did. And it was fun to watch because the one thing about this team, Chris, is you know 14 touchdowns he had in the last two weeks. And we're talking against Oklahoma, and we're talking against Clemson. Not only that, I mentioned earlier on the show how LSU had beaten the top four preseason teams, every single one of them, beat them, including two in the playoffs, seven top ten wins. Joe Burrow put up Hawaii-type numbers, Louisiana Tech-type numbers in the SEC, which is insane considering which conference he did this in. We're not talking about Hawaii. We're not talking about the Mountain West. We're not talking about West Coast football we're talking about putting these numbers up against the best conference in America, which makes it even that more special. Absolutely. I mean, the, the SEC records that Joe and this offense set this season uh, are probably going to be hard to reach. I mean, for that very reason, the defenses in this league are sophisticated. They're modern. Uh, they've got fast, strong, athletic uh, players uh, on that side of the ball all across the conference. So uh, it's impressive. And, you know, the, the, the reasons you just pointed to, um, this this was a team that uh, took on seven top ten teams. I mean, it wasn't as if they had you know their schedule padded with teams they could beat up on, even though they beat up on a lot of those teams. Oh yeah. Um, it's just it's just been an amazing year, and you know a lot of people wonder what it's going to be like for LSU in the future. And you know the the bar has been set so high this season that it would almost be unfair to hold any quarterback, any receivers, any passing game coordinator, any head coach to those type numbers, but. You know, the foundation that's been built and the fact that Ed Ogeron is such a tireless worker, uh, they've made the most out of this exposure and prominence in the season they've come off of. And, you know, he's got a great organization built here in Baton Rouge, and uh, they're just going to replace those guys. May not be able to get those type guys, you know, in tomorrow who are going to be true freshmen, but they've loaded up pretty well in the last couple of recruiting classes, and things look pretty good for 2021 and 2022 already. Chris, the season couldn't have gone better for LSU. You talk about the marketing power of having a Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. Here's an Ohio kid coming down to Baton Rouge. 
I think that's big for the you know the transfers because obviously a lot of kids from Louisiana on LSU, but here comes a kid from Ohio down there little shoes saying, hey, man, it don't matter where you're from. You come down here to Bayou and you have fun because Ed Orgeron portrays fun. That LSU team was having fun. Fun to watch. Yeah, I think, that was, I think that's what resonated with, with a lot of people. And, you know, you look at these last couple of recruiting classes, you know, Ed Orgeron's been able to expand the footprint of LSU. I mean, he's obviously put a fence around the state of Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Per capita, they put more people into the NFL, so it's a pretty good idea to keep that talent in state. Uh, but they're bringing kids in from California, the Virginias, the Carolinas, Georgia, uh, obviously Texas nearby, which is a hotbed for uh, high school football. Um, so it's a great story to tell. I mean, Ed's got one of the best, if not the best, stories to tell here uh, over the next six to nine months when he's out there talking to not only the student athletes but their parents. Um, because these guys love Ed Ogeron, and you can ask every single one of them. And I think I mentioned to you last time we, we got together, I mean, all you have to do is watch that Heisman speech oh, yeah. uh, that Joe gave and, and, and what he said about his head football coach. And, you know, Ed not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk, and, and that was proof right there uh, when Joe broke down talking about what Coach O means to him because Ed treats all of these players like he treats his sons, and he's got three very good uh, human beings as sons. So he's done a good job as a parent, and he's translating that over uh, to the football program as its head coach. Now, a couple of uh, coaches, obviously, when you win, uh, different teams want some of your, your people. That's what happens to winning football teams. Dave Aranda, new head coach at Baylor, that was defensive coordinator at LSU, and Joe Brady, who had spent one year there at, uh, as the passing game coordinator, kind of co-offensive coordinator, but just to, to the Panthers. So the losses of these two guys and what it means. Well, it's going to be huge. I mean, Dave Aranda spent four years at LSU, and he's been courted a number of times, not only as a defensive coordinator for other schools, but, but even an opportunity as a head coach. And, uh, you know, he's paid his dues. He's been successful everywhere he's been. Uh, he's one great guy to be around. He knows more football than, than most people walking the planet, especially when it comes to defense. Uh, and we all wish him well. I mean, he's been nothing but great here at LSU, and I think he'll do a wonderful things over in Waco, taking over a Baylor program that now seems to have its foot under him, uh, thanks to Matt Rule. Speaking of Matt Rule, yeah. he knows a winner when he sees one. And, uh, you know, Joe Brady is a winner. He's another guy, although not a lot of years under his belt. I mean, he's been a winner everywhere he's been. He was a, a good receiver at a good FCS program at William & Mary as a student athlete. Um, then got hooked up at Penn State with Joe Moorhead. Uh, then made his way to New Orleans with Sean Payton and worked with the Saints, and then came over here and did what he did in 2019 for LSU. So uh, I think uh, Joe's going to have a sensational career in the NFL, and that, that shows you the type of year LSU had and the impact it's had uh, for a guy who's always been a position coach uh, or an assistant to an assistant coach, and suddenly he's the OC uh, in the NFL East, so uh, NFC East. So that, that goes to show you, you know, the kind of impact LSU has had this season. But I still go back to what I talked about. You know, this this is three-plus years in the works for Ed Ogeron, and he surrounded himself with good staff, and now he's in a position where he doesn't have to run out and, and see who floods his inbox with, you know, please hire me. I mean, he's got the opportunity now to sit back and find uh, and talk to several people. There'll be top-notch defensive coordinators. There'll be top-notch offensive minds, and he'll have the choice as to who he wants to bring in to fill those spots. Oh, no question about it. Who would have thought Baylor? And Matt Rule would have so much uh, impact on LSU, huh? Yeah, I don't know how many Baylor fans there are here in Baton Rouge. Although not many, uh, I know everybody loves <laughs> everybody loves Dave Miranda. So 
Uh, as long as they don't meet up anywhere, they'll, they'll be pulling for Dave to do a great job. I've been I've been cautious uh, on my show about I, I try not to be prisoner of the moment because when something happens, the young people a lot of times they say it's the best I've ever seen or he's the best player I've ever seen. I'm like, wait a minute, you haven't seen this guy from the 80s or 90s or even the 70s. But it's hard to argue the Heisman Trophy, the Bolitnikoff, seven wins against the top ten, beating the top four preseason teams, boom, 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 and winning the national title. And in the, in the destructive way that they did, because these college football playoffs were set up with great teams, no question about it. In beating a Clemson team that was 29-0, and it is hard for me not to put LSU as possibly, possibly the best college football team of all time. Well, you know, I wouldn't argue with you. And obviously, I look, through, look at things through a purple and gold lens. I make no mistake and, and make no apologies for that. Uh, but I've heard a lot of guys who have a lot more years in business than I do. They've covered a lot of teams and a lot of players, um, you know, in college football. And, and a lot of those have either said that or they, they say it certainly can, the argument can be made. Um, I think when you look at all of the things you just touched on, including uh, the offensive line of the year, the unanimous <laughs> coach of the year, uh, the games themselves against those top uh, 10 teams, those seven top 10 teams, um, and, and, and I think that's, that's the answer. I think this team right now playing, if they had an opportunity to play again, you could pull any team you want to. Uh, and this team's going to win. Uh, they're just too talented, too many weapons. You go back to the game against Clemson, they threw their best punch. They had a great game plan. They confused Joe Burrow and that offensive line in that first quarter. But you almost felt like for those old enough to remember, once you saw the Rubik's Cube, it was pretty easy to go back and, and, and get it right. And once they figured out, uh, and Clemson had thrown everything in the kitchen sink at them, uh, they were all out of bullets at that point. And then it was a matter of how many points would LSU score. And that's kind of the way it's been most seasons. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a Georgia defense that was stingy, uh, that got smacked around. You talk about a Clemson defense giving up just over 11 points a game. Uh, they got smacked around. Uh, Auburn had the best opportunity. They held the Tigers to just 23 points but they still couldn't find a way to win. So, um, yeah, it's for me, I, I think right now we're going to wait and see if there's another team down the road uh, that can, can, can wear that title, win those awards, put up those numbers, and then say they're the best team in college football in the history of the game. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do. And I, I go back to that Alabama game, you know, going to Tuscaloosa. Alabama's a much better team than what I think people gave them credit for, two losses. Alabama was tough. And they were a tough team to beat. They were at full strength. But let's not forget about going into Tuscaloosa and beating a fine football team, in my opinion, uh, the Crimson Tide this year. But Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tiger, see, he's got a lot more work to do. He's got some basketball, and he's got baseball before he fires up football once again in the SEC. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You take care, my friend. Good talking to you the last couple of weeks. I greatly appreciate Chris Blair from the Bayou. Thank you, sir. But uh, coming up next, Nick Bromberg, yahoosports.com. We talked to him about the national title game next. Welcome back to Rush the Field, Jay Pink with Julio Sanchez producing. It's now time, I guess, to go down to Wichita and talk to Nick Bromberg. What's up, Nick? What's up? How are you? Hey, man, I love that burger you put out there earlier. That's uh, You on that I-35 beer trail? Uh, no, we're going, we're down here for a skating competition. Which competition? We're going to 
Rockstar Brewery Tour this weekend, and it is phenomenal so far. You know what? There's one called Central States down there, or Central Standard, down in Wichita. They took home a couple uh, gold medals, I think, at the GABs, which is incredibly, incredibly tough to do. So, okay, so we went Hopping Gnome first. Central That's a good Standard one. Second, and then Norton third. Central Standard, we have two cans to bring back of the Peanut Butter Cup Stout. It's the mm. first stout I've ever had that I can say that actually tastes like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Oh, man, I can't wait. Hey, what'd you think of uh, what'd you think about Bobby Petrino going to Missouri State? This, you know, that screams absolutely screams. We are desperate to be relevant because what this is a program that hasn't won more than seven games since '96 and hasn't been to the playoffs since 1990. And you know, I, I understand where Missouri State is trying to do this. I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, but I, I see what the school itself and the program is trying to do. I don't necessarily know if I know what Bobby Petrino is going to get out of this. He's 58. Does he think he's going to get one more big-time head coaching job when all is said and done? But you look at this that Louisville team in 2018, absolute disaster. Two and ten, you talked about the co- the kids were saying that we couldn't go up to the coach's office, all the stuff that came out after Bobby got fired. And then Scott Satterfield, his recruiting class this year was not that good. I mean, there was a lot of turnover there. A lot. I mean, he had a hard time saying, "Look, you know, I it's going to be a major rebuilding job." They improved by six wins. Beat you know, beat the heck out of Mississippi State and Mississippi State Bowl. Finished eight and five. It's like, okay, is Bobby Petrino really going to have what it takes, or put the work in to do what it takes to get Missouri State back into the playoffs for the first time in thirty years? Forty-two to twenty-five, LSU beats Clemson, and, and Nick I had on the voice of LSU, Chris Blair again. Because I, I had to ask him what he thought, because I try not to be prisoner of the moment. I'm not these young people say, that's the best Chiefs win of the Broncos I've ever seen, or LeBron's the best I've ever seen when I've seen Michael Jordan. But that team, LSU, Heisman Trophy winner, Bolitnikoff, best offensive line award. They beat the top four preseason teams. They beat seven top ten teams. It is hard for me not to say that might be the best team ever. You know, he, okay, so I'm trying to separate – best team and best season because I think you can do that and I think we can talk about I'm not sure where I stand or where I would be in terms of putting this LS the 2019 LSU Tigers in terms of best team ever because I know we talked about it last week just simply of all the first round first and second round draft picks that Alabama team in 2015 produced that said I think you can make the case especially without a doubt in playoff history Maybe the last 20 years, this is the best season that a college football team has had simply because you have, you look at what the offense did in 2018 and Joe Burrow 2019, I think absolutely the greatest single season improvement for a Heisman winner in college football history. I think that's undoubtable. undoubtable. 60 touchdowns. You look at, he's completed 63% of his passes Monday night. Worst completion percentage of any single game this season, as we crazy to believe, the number of top 10 wins LSU had, the way that they went through opponents in the college football playoff, I think you can absolutely say this is the greatest college football season in modern history. When it comes to teams, I'm not sure because you look at that Clemson team last year, I mean, three first-round draft picks on the defensive line. I would love to see 2018 Clemson play 2019 LSU. Yeah, Clemson's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, they'll be the odds-on favorite. Well, they are the odds-on favorite 
to win the national title next year. Uh, Dave Aranda, defensive coordinator. Now at the ba- Baylor has a big <laughs> Baylor has a lot of stakes in LSU right now because Dave Aranda goes to Baylor because Matt Rule goes to Carolina, where Joe Brady, who's really responsible for the passing game of LSU and the sixty passing touchdowns of Joe Burrow, he's now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. So Baylor, kind of in a roundabout way, LSU has lost some good coaches. How big are Dave Aranda and Joe Brady to replace? You know, so this is where I think Ed Orgeron, the fact that when Ed Orgeron retired in 2017, this when became the permanent coach, the big selling point of this was, hey, look, we don't have to pay Ed Orgeron the salary that Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh at the time, and obviously Dabo has now the biggest contract in college football. But we didn't have to pay him the top end coach salary because we could put all that money into assistance. And before Joe Brady went to the Panthers, Joe Brady was in line if he would have signed it on the bottom line, three years, $3 million to be the passing game coordinator at LSU going forward. That's a lot of money for a guy who was not in charge of the offense. Dave Aranda was making, I think, one seven, one eight, and being the defensive coordinator, one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in college football. LSU right now can say, hey, look, we can go find a guy from the NFL for either position, Maybe you want to go find a top-end defensive coordinator in college football. We can say, hey, look, we're going to put you as one of the two or three best-paid coordinators. So we can show you the money because we're not paying Ed Orgeron what, other, what Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh are getting paid. That's where LSU has the upper hand here. And, and quite frankly, for Baylor, I think this is a fantastic move. I think it makes a lot more sense than hiring Justin Fuente from Virginia Tech. That was a move that, I, to me, I get Fuente recruited that area when he was at Memphis, but I think Virginia Tech has a clear path to being number two, number three in the ACC pretty consistently. Hiring Dave Land at Baylor, it's a guy who has gone against Joe Brady's offense every single day in practice. He, if anybody knows how to stop this type of offense or a revolutionary offense in college football, it's Dave Aranda. You have a Big 12. Lincoln Riley is still there. Obviously, he's not the Cowboys coach. He's still there at Oklahoma. And you have an Oklahoma State team, quite frankly, that I think absolutely has the pressure on them to make the Big 12 championship next year because Chuba's coming back, because Tylen Wallace is coming back. Spencer Sanders should improve for another season. This should be Big 12 championship game at bust for Mike Gundy. And so why not go hire a guy who you think can stop those offenses just north of you? Great stuff, Nick Bromberg. Hey, Nick, uh, you got a little bit of a break now. Daytona 500 exactly one month from the day. Oh, my goodness. I saw that today, and I was going, the off the football season just ended. Can I not have a little bit of a break? I'm not going to think about NASCAR that much. I read stuff this week. I'm going to try not to get into it until February, enjoy the rest of my January. But you're right, NASCAR's around the corner. And then NASCAR starts one of like three or four weeks of that, and then spring football will be here before you know it. You know what? It's fun. I, I get to watch football. I get to watch cars going in circles. It's great. Yeah, you have both. Now you're down there in Wichita with some great beer. Hey, you know what? This is I, I didn't know what to expect coming here, and I've, I've enjoyed it so far, and I've been here like six hours. Hey, one last thing for you. I wanted to ask you this, Nick. I almost forgot to. Um, Odell Beckham, giving out cash and slapping a cop. <laughs> I mean, come on. Can you be any more stupid than that? Who put this way? Ten months ago, we were talking about Will Wade's strong uh, bleep offer on a wiretap in 2017. 
And now we've gone to Odell Beckham Jr. giving guys cash on the field. I appreciate the transparency. Um, Who's transparent? You know, you didn't print from the cameras. I, I get it. And Jefferson, James Daniel, guys that don't have to worry about their eligibility. Other guys who might have gotten cash will have to worry about it. I think this is one of those tempest in a teapot situations that was also absolutely 1,000% entirely avoidable. You know, the locker room conduct should not have happened. What happened on the field should not have happened. And I think it was also made a little bit worse by the fact that LSU's instant defense was, hey, those were, that was fake cash. We really think Odell Beckham brought fake cash to the Superdome Monday night. Come on. And it's a shame, too, because those players earned it. Those players were doing everything right. Now, he probably thought he could get away with it by just giving it to seniors. I don't know if that's what he did or not. I know that it doesn't. If he gave it to seniors, it's not that big of a deal. But it's the aesthetics of doing it. I'm just saying LSU deserves their own time, their own moment to shine and deal with that. Exactly. This, this is, I think you can make the case. I think you can agree that this is, all, this is stupid and that this should not have happened and also agree that this can be a point where this is a great example of why the NCAA rules need reforms and, sure. and the players need to be able to, to – I mean, because I counted it out. I watched that video in full motion. Houston Jefferson probably got a $300 to $400 handshake here. Edward Jerome got a $500,000 bonus for LSU winning that game. Yeah. People, people paid thousands of dollars in ticket prices to go to that football game. So the players need a bigger cut. I think we can look at this and say, hey, look, this is a stupid moment, but this is also a moment to show that, hey, you know what? The players can deserve a little bit bigger piece of this pie that is really, really big, and I think a lot bigger than people realize. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with the two, with the money that that generated to that game. It was on what? How many different channels is that thing on? It's like a million. Oh, I think it off the top of my head, at least six, probably more than that. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? I keep trying them all, Nick, and I keep going back to Herbie, Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, I've watched all those different deals, and I go back to the regular broadcast. I just do. I, you know, I watched the regular broadcast part of it. I also watched the coach's film room. The coach's film room was really pretty good. Gary Patterson calling out Joe Burrow's touchdown run right away on the quarterback draw. said, this is going to happen. I love watching – I always record that because I go back and watch sure. it because I always feel like I learn something about football every single time with the way the coaches analyze the film. It's fascinating to watch. If you're a football nerd, I always recommend watch the game broadcast, record the coaches' film room, come back to it because you will learn something even if you just watch 15 minutes of it. It's awesome. Nick, have a good time down there, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds great. Thanks for having me as always. There you go, Nick Bromberg, right there from Yahoo Sports. .com. And, yeah, it's interesting. There was Odell Beckham handing out. Now, listen, it's funny. Like, it, like Odell Beckham, here's the thing. I mean, he, he gets his, his self traded to Cleveland. He talks to players at the end of the games, allegedly trying to go to their team to play. LSU is trying to enjoy a moment in the sun. He's passing out cash. And then he's slapping a police officer slash security guard that was hired to do that in the, in the ass in the locker room. It's kind of like, come on, man. You're making it about yourself. Let these guys have fun. Let LSU have fun. They've earned it. Anyway, we'll put a bow on the uh, college football bowl games by conference. Where'd the Big 12 finish? Wasn't good. We do that on Rush the Field next.
Welcome back to Works Field. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, producing the operation. Don't forget it, Bobby Petrino, the new head coach at Missouri State. We've been carrying those games over on 1660. The score was LSU beating Clemson in the national title game. Joe Burrow, again, the snap, the knee, and the Tigers of LSU, a team of destiny and a team for ages. Celebrate on the field here tonight in New Orleans inside the Superdome, capturing the national title and snapping a 29-game win streak for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Final horn sounds. It's in the books. Tigers win. They are the national champions with a win tonight over Clemson, 42-25. to And there you go, LSU, the national champions. Probably the best team that we've ever seen or best season as uh, Nick liked to separate them. Thanks to Chris Blair that joined us, LSU broadcaster, checking it on the man, 610sports.com. But as far as the conferences, how they finished this year, how about 7-2 SEC plus the national champion, LSU. The Sun Belt finished 3-2. and two. It's a couple wins better than the Big 12 that I haven't got to. The AAC, 4-3. and three. Mountain West, 4-3. and three. Pac-12, 4-3. Big 10, 4-5. Don't laugh, Big 12 fans. The MAC, that's right, some action, baby. 3-4. ACC, 4-6. Conference USA, 3-5. The worst conference in America. In the bowl games this year, none other, none other than your Big 12. 1-5 on the season. Things have got to get better for the Big 12. Um, <clears throat> I think Kansas State's on the right path with Chris Kleiman. He's done wonders. They ran into a very good Navy team, ranked Navy team this year in the Bulls. I thought it wasn't good to have Oklahoma kind of carrying the torch for the Big 12 get pounded. Now, they got to the playoffs. And then the question would have been, would Baylor have gotten there? If Baylor would have won that overtime game. Would Baylor have been that team? to get trounced by LSU. But Oklahoma, the fourth best pass defense in the Big 12, giving up seven passing touchdowns to Joe Burrow in LSU. But there's a lot of things to look forward to in the local area. Les Miles, I believe. Now, Kansas still hadn't got more than three wins in a decade. Going on 11 years now. It's been a while. Been a while for the Jayhawks. But I do feel that Les Miles did some things this year. And in this program, Dave Beatty had this program set way back. Way back for Kansas. Way back. And I do think Les Miles brings some cachet. He brings some of that LSU swag, the Mad Hatter. Now, I feel Kansas needs to turn the program over eventually. Because Les Miles not a young guy to a Chris Kleiman type. Because I think Kansas needs that stability going forward. And I'll be honest with you, I do. Because Kansas, to me, they're trying to raise that $300 million for the uh, football project. That's a big reason why Jeff Long is there as AD. They want to get better in football. They're fine in basketball. Just give everything to Bill Self. Jeff Long's the former guy in the college football playoff committee. That's AD at Kansas. He's there for football. He's there for that hire of Les Miles. But not only that, get the program back to prominence 
turn the thing over to a Chris Kleiman. And I think a big reason why KU wants to be better in football so they become more attractive to other conferences if we see the Big 12 collapse again. Not that it's collapsed before, but it's lost some it's lost some key members. The Big 12 has lost some key members. Colorado, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Missouri. They don't have TV rights. They have one team that has their own channel, the Longhorns. All the other power conferences have their own network. ACC network, Big Ten network, Pac-12 network, Big Ten network, SEC network. It's not one team, one school like the Longhorn network. But anyway... I feel this makes it more attractive to other conferences if you can bring football up to that prominent level. Now, Chris Kleiman, I think, exceeded all expectations. Kansas State was picked ninth in the Big 12. Kansas picked 10th. Chris Kleiman exceeds all expectations, and then he beats Matt Campbell that people just love, fell in love with at Iowa State. And who, who snaked the bowl game over Kansas State in Orlando, Florida. Because they said Kansas State wouldn't travel to it. They're so used to going to the bowl games. Now, Kansas State traveled. And they traveled over 20,000 to Memphis. Proven that they can travel. And they have traveled. And they do care. And that Chris Kleiman has re, rejuvenated that program. But they've got to get better at recruiting. We're seeing the number two and three recruit in the state of Kansas go to Minnesota. The top running back and the top receiver go into P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Not only that, he's got a commitment from the number six prospect in the state of Missouri out of Columbia, Missouri, P.J. Fleck. Like, they've got to keep this local talent. If you're watching the national title game, you're watching Isaiah Simmons, the Buckets Award winner, the North. They had a defensive lineman, Park Hill South. Clemson had a defensive back, Lee Semo West, Mario Goodrich. Ronnie Bell, one of the best receivers of Michigan. Park Hill. A.J. Taylor, one of the leading receivers for Wisconsin. <clears throat> Rockhurst. I mean, it just goes on and on, the amount of good blue-chip talent that's leaving the state of Kansas and Missouri. And I feel they have the coaches there to kind of bring it back under. Like, Chris Kleiman knows how to win. He's got those FCS national championships. He knows how to build a program from the ground floor up. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do at Kansas State. Eli Drinkwitz, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings to Mizzou. What kind of excitement can he bring? He had that great year at Appalachian State, and everybody's talking about Eli Drinkwitz. What he brings offensively, he's going to call his own plays. You start putting yourself under the microscope when you're the one calling all the own plays because you can't blame others. If it's you and your offense struggling, they look at you and they point the fingers at you and you alone because you can't pass the buck if you're calling the plays. So we'll see what he does at Mizzou. I'm looking forward to the next football season. Um, we've had a lot of fun on this show. We started the show in August. This is the last rush to field. We go back to regular programming. I go back to night shows. But a huge thanks to John Kurtz, program director, K-Man in Manhattan, that joined us each and every week through the season, including a couple times in studio <clears throat> before the bowl game against Navy in Memphis. Huge thanks to Gary Pinkle that joined us each and every week leading up to the end of the season. And then Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for Kansas and, of course, the co-host for Fesco in the morning 
that joined us each and every week. Special shout-out as well to Nick Bromberg, Yahoo Sports, who joined us a lot down the stretch once we kind of got out of the local angles. We talked a lot to him. And a big thanks also to Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, who's now been on the show a couple of times as they win the national title. And a big shout-out to Julio Sanchez. Julio Sanchez, who produced uh, this program throughout the year. I can't believe we're five months into this. But college football is alive and well in Kansas City. It is, Julio. It is fun to talk about. It's on its way back up. It's not to where it was, but it's on the way up. When Kansas State is challenging, I mean, Missouri and Kansas are one of two. We got to get back to these days, man. It makes it fun. When the college football scene's playing well, it goes hand in hand with the NFL. When the Chiefs are winning, you need something fun to do on Saturdays. This town's been watching the games. The ratings are good in Kansas City. We like it. We like college football. Anyway, I'm glad they let me do this show. I really am. Because I've had so much fun, Julio, talking college football only. Yes, I've wanted to drift away to the NFL at different times. Reeled myself in, or Julio reeled me in. And for the most part, I think I did a good job of just talking nothing but college football. It's been an excellent run, sir. It's been a lot of fun. Wish the local schools. We'd have more to talk about, but we'd have a coaching change. Head of Mizzou. We'll see if Kansas can get off the schneid. Let's see if Kansas State can continue building that program under Chris Kleiman that I think that they will. But I love college football. We've got a ways to go. We've got spring football. we still got one more signing day. And then, of course, we'll bring Rush to field back next year with some surprises in store. Huge thanks, Julio. Thanks to you for listening to this college football show. We'll see you next year. Bye. Rush the field with Jay Binkley.